said, that's it for Alex. Welcome to the Blue Dollar Blue Collar Dynasty podcast. That's the first time you've ever messed that up. That's pretty blue, impressive. I said Blue Dollar. I was like, what? Blue Dollar Dynasty. Yeah. It's our, our sister podcast. Yep. <laughs> We're busting <laughs> our backs, getting our jeans dirty, and playing next man up dynasty football. We're giving you an in the trenches dynasty talk every week. Please reach out to us on Instagram at Blue Collar Dynasty, where you can get sneak previews of things to come. <laughs> <laughs> what? You said dollar. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> yeah. Blue Dollar Dynasty. <laughs> oh my God. Now you got it in my head. Blue Collar Dynasty, where you can get sneak previews of things to come. And on Twitter at Born Football, that's B O R N E Football. We would love to hear from you. All right, y'all. This week we're talking 2024 rookies to watch out for, um, drafting philosophy, and of course, starts of the week. All right, let's get to it. All right. So for y'all, this is a real quick segment for y'all. We have a list of rookies in different positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, of course, um, and tight end, who we think we need to be looking out for, who we think y'all should look out for. Um, based on what we say, we'd like to hear from y'all and tell us. Are there any rookies that were any potential rookies that were missing? That's number one. Number two, any ones you think are worth drafting high? Any ones you think they're worth that we should wait on? Don't draft them too high. Also, any any insider situations you think that we should be looking out for as well. So we're gonna just list these players out. We might give a little bit of a characteristic with some of the players, uh, but nothing too in depth. But we really want you all to go out there. Even if you already know, that's awesome. If you don't know, start looking at the highlights and the their clips and, and seeing what you and then telling us what you think about them. All right, so we can start with quarterbacks, and we'll go to running backs, um, receivers, and then afterwards, um, tight ends. So for quarterbacks this year, we got a, a nice list. Um, I think Data Prince believes this is the best class since uh, Allen, uh, Lamar, uh, and Mahomes. Allen, Lamar, or Mahomes and Watson. So let's see. Uh, we got. Caleb Williams, everyone knows Caleb Williams. Uh, Drake May, he's been a rising star um, with UNC. He has the he's like the prototypical quarterback, his size and everything like that. Um, you got Jaden Daniels, you know Heisman winner, um, University of um, sorry LSU, Louisiana State University. Uh, I like the way he plays. Honestly, he has um, he likes to keep plays alive. And he has a lot of joy when he plays. I think that's that's an important aspect. Um, of course, you got Bo Nix. Bo Nix plays a lot of passion in North Shore, Oregon. I don't know if he's going to be an effective quarterback in the league. I feel like I really feel like he might be a backup, someone's backup. That's how I feel about him. Michael Penix Jr., this one's a wild card. He came out of nowhere, honestly, this year, but he was lining it up uh, everywhere he played. And I think the playoffs will tell us a lot more about his draft capital. So if they win against Texas, I think that a lot of people are going to be really excited to draft, uh, to potentially draft them. And if they go to the finals, the, the championship game, and they do well there, like it, 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 he's going to be somebody to talk about because it'll be the first time he plays, people will say he plays real competition, but we'll see what happens. Um, you got J.J. McCarthy. You got Quinn Ewers. Quinn is a uh, University of Texas. Um, he's pretty solid. I wonder if he would get, if he's a starting quarterback, if he's an NFL starting quarterback, I wonder about that. Uh, Michael Pratt, and then you have Spencer Rattler. You know, Rattler has had um, his ups and downs, you know, going to South Carolina. He have had the best season, but haven't had the worst season either. Um, I wonder if those are life lessons that are going to translate to the NFL or not. Um, because he's, I mean, knowing, watching him in high school, because I, I did, he's a good guy. Like, he really cares about his people. He doesn't take the easy way out. He really likes to fight for what, what's his. So I wonder if that's going to translate to the NFL. And I hope I hope it does. 
So I'm actually rooting for him be- only because I, I know him a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. So I guess I know a lot of quarterbacks. It's weird because I really didn't know much people, but I'm up here spinning them out. Like, yeah, I, I know. I was them. I was impressed. You're like, ah, these some of the names are new, you know, and, and you're you're spitting them out like you you've been here all day. Um, <laughs> Spencer Rattler is one that I, I I realized that he was part of the class and I didn't have him on the list. So I was racing to to get him on the list. Um, and then I, I put everybody in between, uh, you know, and Michael Penix Jr. Up up to Michael Penix Jr. Everybody else north of him is is someone that has been on my radar and i i sleep under a rock um when it comes to college football until it comes time to actually learn these guys for the nfl um but spencer rattler draft podcasts have been talking about him for years as as a top talent and he just keeps not coming out of school and keeps having up and down years that you know end up making him not really a top guy and it sounds like that's that's going to be you know maybe he's a he's a sleeper or something like that um you know that needs to be taken in like the sixth round or or maybe hopefully sooner than that but but more likely probably like a sixth rounder um who's lucky to get drafted but but then shows up you know hopefully maybe maybe some of those things translate well and just because there's a low draft capital there doesn't mean that they won't be good eventually. And so, it might be, it might be, um, it might be worth the what you call it. It might be worth it for him to, for that late pick him up late, especially if he goes into an interesting situation, right? One right. that's a little bit that might be favorable, um, i.e. the Broncos, right? So yeah, so watch out for him, but also watch out for where is he actually landing? If he's landing somewhere. I guess a place where it would be a horrible place to land would be the Cowboys. If he landed the Cowboys, it's he's not playing, right? But if he landed somewhere where there might be a chance, you know, then the tri- Cowboys already have Trey Lance. He's learned the system. They're gonna put him before Spencer, so things like that. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, good points. All right, at running backs. Um, so I've been I've been looking around and and uh listening to a few different podcasts and seeing what what the the world thinks of the class and surprisingly there's a lot of names and i guess there in some ways there always are at running back um probably an endless list but what i'm seeing and hearing out there is that this class is mostly good but not great we've had some better classes of late we've had some better talents of late like B. John Robinson, for example, you're not going to find anyone close to as good as him. And I would, I would argue that even uh, Jameer Gibbs, those types of characters are probably not in this class. We're probably talking more in the realm of, I'd look at like James Cook and, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of who else. But, it, you know, so the good Damian not Pierce. great. Uh, Damien Pierce, thank you. Um, two guys who I really loved and and I had kind of at the top of a, a, their class at the time, but there were other names there um, who were interesting for sure. But like a Brees Hall isn't going to be in this class and things like that. So you're really lacking that top end talent, but that doesn't mean that there's not good values here. So, so what you might find is like the back of the first round might be loaded with a few well-positioned running backs. 
as well as the second round. Whereas the front of the first round is really going to be your, your wide receiver talent. Um, mm-hmm. So looking at the running backs, Travion Henderson does head up this class. Um, there's, there's a decent amount of buzz there. Um, Trey Benson, Braylon Allen, Blake Corum, Jonathan Brooks, and I'm just going to keep rattling off these names just so you kind of get an idea of who who's in this class and, and also, uh, you know, start to try to remember these names because they're going to become really relevant really fast. Um, Will Shipley, uh, Marquise Irving, Donovan Edwards, Audric Estime, Marshawn Lloyd, Dylan Loeb, Lob. Ray Davis, this might be a familiar name for a lot of people, Frank Gore, but this is Junior. Frank Gore Jr. is coming out, uh, and that is Frank Gore's son, so that'll be interesting. Devin Neal, Dijon Edwards, Dylan Johnson, Jawar Jordan, Jabari Small, Michael Wiley, Lawrence Toafili, Cody Schrader, Mayan Williams, Blake Watson, Roman Hemby. That was, that was the first time I said a lot of those names. <laughs> it probably <laughs> sounded like it, too. What do you think? How did I do? They're really good. Yeah. Uh, any any guys on this list that do stand out to you, being a little bit more involved in the college football realm? For me, it's weird. Blake Corum. When I think about running backs, I was thinking about who's not getting injured as much. Blake, that's somebody who's worthwhile. I think he's I think he's more viable than Henderson, actually, mainly because of availability. He's always available for his team. The way he runs, he's patient with his runs. He finds the creases, and then he attacks them really nicely. Um, he allows the blocks to develop. That's something that's very vital in the NFL, especially. Um, he doesn't believe he has to carry the team on his back. He's an impact player who has an understanding of his value, and I think that's really powerful. So I would definitely say that's somebody, if people are not putting him as a high draft stock, I would definitely put him as a high draft stock. I think that's somebody who, if you can grab him, if you can scoop him, scoop him up in a decent round, you scoop him up um, quickly. I would, I would take him off the board as a running back first before anybody else. Awesome. And I hate awesome. to say that because he's on, he's on Michigan, and I, you know, I'm the <laughs> Ohio State, so – you know it hurts. What are they rivals or something? Big time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's fair. I, again, not a college guy, but I, I do know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I will say I know nothing about Frank Gore Jr.'s career, but uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I did look at his stats, and I can tell at least from his stats and his uh, two things: his school. You know, he he's not going to a big name. He didn't come from a big name school. So, you know, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But what I can tell you is he had over a thousand yards in multiple years, um, which tells me he can at least carry the rock. Combine that with his pedigree. He's going to end up on an NFL team. I can tell you that. And I think for those purposes, he's worth taking a shot on at least late. Um, if if he's not going earlier, you know, but he's definitely a name that you got to have, you got to have available to you and know that he's going to be around because, you know, 
it's the same thing for NFL coaches as for us. You know, they know who Frank Gore is. They'll see him on the list and be like, oh, really? I wonder how he's doing. So they'll at least check him out. Right. And, you know, he's going to be on their draft boards and they're going to take a shot at him just because they know that he's been taught how to be a professional by his father. And heck, he's probably been taught how to use his vision and contact balance and like all of those basic running back things that, you know, I'm (laughs) I just remember back when I started playing rugby and my brother was on the team and, you know, he and I would just run at each other full speed in the backyard it as he taught me how to hit people how to get hit you know those simple things and from a young age you know frank Gore was taught that frank Gore jr was taught that by frank Gore. i i think it's it's valuable to keep his name in the back of your mind Uh, do you want to take on the wide receivers yeah i'll knock them out real quick all right wide receivers not a, not, it's not an exhaustive list, just some players that we think you should definitely look into. You already know Marvin Harrison Jr., um, big-time all-around threat. He's going to be amazing every, anywhere he goes, honestly. Um, but we'll talk about philosophy later, but situ- to me, situation is going to be very important. And we'll talk about that later. Um, next, Malik, Malik Neighbors. This guy's elite. I, I think he's an amazing receiver, great route runner, um, and finds great separation. Romeo Odunze. Um, so not Romeo, Rome Odunze. Uh, he's on uh, the Huskies, Washington Huskies. So um, also a great route runner. He knows how to get – he really knows how to find space, great speed as well, and great hands. Um, you got Keon Coleman. Uh, next, you got Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Le- uh, Leggett. You have Brian Thomas Jr., Lad McConkey. Mc- you got um, Mecca Ibuka. You got Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, Jalen Polk, Johnny Wilson. Malachi Corley, Devontez Walker, Brendan Rice, and Jermaine Burton to round out this list. So you got some good picks here. I think receivers are easier to um to know if they're gonna translate or not um than mm-hmm. some. This is and this the reason I say this, don't worry about speed. I'm gonna say this right now. Do not worry about speed of the receiver. Speed is great, but it is not the end all be all. The NFL has some of the fastest defenders you can imagine. So speed is not going to win you everything. But the one thing that I, at least when I listen to analysts, especially players, those who actually, who actually play, they say the main, most important thing of a receiver is their route running ability. So that's what I would say for us. Look at the, the receivers who have the best route running ability, right? Attached with athleticism and attached with availability. They don't get injured a lot. Look at those three things. Right. And I think you're going to have yourself somebody who can perform today and tomorrow, which means you're going to have high draft capital going forward if you ever wanted to trade them away for for any reason. But I mean, I, I if you think about it, I'm going to ask you this, Data Prince. What team drafts receivers the best in all of the NFL? Historic. Now, I want to say historically, recent history. Who? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. All of them are great route runners. They always pick the yep. best route runners that they found available. And I think that that's, that says something into how we should be picking players as well. Don't be don't be wild by the speed. Like, make sure they can run those routes. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You look at John Ross and people like that. You know, this is this is not that Madden, is. right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL is not Madden. I, I know 
that in Madden, I have made John Ross an amazing wide receiver many times, you know, but <laughs> in real life, he wasn't good. And, and part of that was him not being able to stay on the field. But, you know, I, I totally 100% agree. You know, anybody that gets labeled as a good separator or an elite route runner or just a just a route runner in general, I'm going to put an asterisk next to their name and, and kind of move them up much more quickly than the, uh, those players that are contested catch guys or, you know, only only know how to, you know, go up and get the ball. You know, I've already got here just, you know, some of these notes are from looking at um, PFF and their notes on these players. But like Keon Coleman is already somebody that I have on my list as a bad separator. He's an elite contested catch guy, but a bad separator. And they're thinking he's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Not in my book, you know, not, I mean, I won't be drafting him. Right. At least, at least at this point, we, this part of the process is about learning names, right? We are, once, once the NFL season is over, then we start to hear, okay, you know, who's, who's getting hype, who's, who's actually, you know, once everybody starts actually watching the tape and going through, the names start leaking out and and you start being able to look up who's who's actually got real talent and who is just not not as talented or who's not a separator and what their what their roles could be in the NFL. And so I think, you know, at this point, you you might put an asterisk, you might put in minus one or plus one next to somebody, but you're not taking them off your list. So Keon Coleman won't be off my list. It's just okay. Maybe there's a question mark there. We'll see. Similar to what you were saying about neighbors, great separator. He's, you know, he's definitely up on my list. You know, route running, Lad McConkey. They had notes on him as a route runner, a slot, and a deep speed type of guy. You know, that was more than just a slot receiver, which is interesting. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this year is we do have a lot of top tier wide receiver talent, similar in a lot of ways to the last few years. But what I would say is interesting about this year is that we, we have tall receivers compared to last year. Like for some reason, all the tall guys decided not to go out, not to come out of the (laughs) college game last year and decided this is the year they wanted to, you know, show up. They said, you know what? We want Quinton Johnston to get money. So we're, none of us are going to come out. He's going to look really freaking tall in his class and get picked in the first round. And and they did that. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but I can already tell you in the in the this list is already like five guys that are 6 foot plus, you know, 61 plus. Yep. Um maybe 63 plus actually. Um to yep. be honest with you. So and I will it, say honestly Oh, sorry. Go for it. I was gonna, I was going to add also think about the programs of players are coming from as well, who prepare them for the NFL. Like, let's look at who's the top receivers, the top three receivers right now in the NFL. Who do you think? Top three receivers mm-hmm. in the NFL. Oh man, well, 
Absent of injury, just in general. Absent of injury. Okay, Justin Jefferson. Yep. Jamar Chase. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. I mean, you got to – we're getting roasted no matter what, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hard – A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's a great one. Yeah. He's, he's, Brown. he's fairly safe. Uh, You know, we could go Dallas. Um, you can go C.D. Lamb, yep. C.D. Lamb. You know, Cooper you Cup, but Steph, Steph Diggs are kind of – Tyree Steele will be turned. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's yeah, – there's, there's, I help you. Thank you. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's that's a big you're, swing and you're a miss. Back here, but you're fine. You're fine. Devontae yeah. was another one that you could choose, but he wouldn't be there. So, well, your top two are from LSU. Yeah. Right? So, Malik Neighbors, just off of recency, recency bias, I'll take that guy. Right? <laughs> just for the fact that he comes from a program that develops elite receivers. So, that's not bad. And it's hard for me to say because I'm an Ohio State fan, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? But our, our receivers have gotten into Tough situations, let me say that. Not very – the quarterback has not been steady, right? Yeah. And, and that's created some problems for our receivers. But, you know, but them and then Ohio State, those are top two receiving schools right now. Right. Right, so you think about those programs. I don't know where Tyreek Hill came from. I don't know what school he went to. Um, uh, not off the top of my head. But Brian Thomas, Jr., coming out of school, also went to LSU, by the way. There you and, go. So, and he's, be a yeah, yeah. So where by the Puka way, what's that? Puka? Yeah, where's school he come from? That's I need to watch out for that school. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was BYU. First Washington Huskies, and then BYU. Hey, all right, there you go. So, he's not. so the um, Huskies by the, be, by the way, really <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, Rome Adunze. Yeah. Um, who probably forced Puka Nakua out of Washington? I betcha. So, Emeka Agbuka was not on PFF's list. You see that list yeah. in front of us? There's I saw it. Three, six, seven, eight names, and then Emeka Agbuka. Um, I had to add him. So, um, FYI, he's being uh, looked down upon, and right, we we kind of like him. I like him. Hey, listen, if they if people want to pick him up, you can steal him. I'm telling you, that, that's gonna be yeah. the biggest to the draft, right? Because yeah. he's a great route runner overall. He just he's injury prone. That's why people didn't like him. Got it. Got it. That's a that is tough. That is tough to get past. All right. We've got really one guy. I'll I'll add two more names in here. Um tight ends. There's basically one good player. That's what I've learned is don't don't really bother too much with the rest of the tight end class, but Brock Bowers is yeah. elite mm-hmm. all around. He's going to be a top 10 pick probably yep. in the NFL draft. And so what does that mean for fantasy? Well, it means he's definitely going in the first round and probably in the top six. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like tight ends, rookie tight ends, they take a while, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, this year is maybe not the year to say that, but they, they do tend to take a while. Um, and then Jatavian Sanders is the other one here. Is that is that Sanders Sanders? I don't know. That's not um it's not the son of 
What's his face? Sammy no, 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 it's not. It's not, no, not Dion's. Okay, okay. I I just, you know, I get jumpy whenever there's a Sanders name now. Like, wow. He's related to everybody. Hey, um, I'm just trying to set up my draft capital for next year because I'm trying to pick up a, whatchamacallit, um, what's his name? Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. Got it. Yeah, hey, yeah it. you're probably you're probably good on tight ends, honestly, man. You probably um Brock Bowers is probably unfortunately not on your list of people to to snag, but um He is not. But it wouldn't be it'd be funny if I snagged him and said, Hey, you could trade for him if you need right. him that bad. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is that, you know, in Dynasty, that's the beauty is that you can kind of sometimes do that, especially at the top, you know. If you're if you get Brock Bowers and then you're like, all right, well, I'll trade him, you know, and he might be at the top of his value. Who knows? Maybe he crashes and burns. Um, yep. He could look like Kyle Pitts right now, who's who's okay. He's actually been doing. I, I mean, he he's gotten me up to a finals right now. I've been starting him all year, and he, I'm in the finals, so he hasn't been horrible, but hasn't been amazing I either. I'm picking up Marvin Harrison Jr. first. Mm-hmm. If I can get them. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk drafting philosophy. All right. Especially so, when we're looking at rookies, right? Looking yes. at rookies. Rookie draft philosophy. So for me, all right, so it's a it's a tough thing. You might have a list of people who like you really like. Like I like Marvin Harrison Jr. I like Malik Neighbors, you know, Doomsday as well. I like Blake Corum. Those are players I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get all of them. Maybe I get one of them, right? But I look at the situation. So for me, the top thing I look at is situation. Are they going into a good situation? Caleb Williams, for example, is will be a great pick. However, it gets me scared if he goes to the Bears. That's a t- that's a horrible organization, right? And it's like, do I really want him to go to that organization? Now, if he ends up with the Cardinals, for example, that's different, right? It's not as bad as as a, of an organization. They're really going to work to build around him. They'll invest into him. Um, the culture is not that is not really. The coach is smart enough to know what to do with him, right? And I think he used to coach Caleb Williams, right? No. I'm not I sure. I don't know. I feel like he coached at – because he coached at Oklahoma, right? And Caleb – anyway, but mine is getting away from me. But point is, look at the situation. Is this a good situation for the play that they're going into, right? So, because typically we draft – the our draft happens after they get picked up by their teams, correct? So we'll know right. what team they land in. So yep, look exactly. at that situation. Do they do they have good the 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 system around that's going to really develop that player and make sure that they're successful, right? Or were they just picking the best talent on the board at that time because they didn't really know who to pick because who they wanted was gone. So I just picked the best talent that I had, right? You know. So you think about those situations and you say to yourself, okay, that's a really good situation. He's going to thrive in that situation, right? So that's one that's one aspect. Um, another one is also. Um, how do these organizations typically do with the position type, right? So, for example, I look at the Rams. The Rams are great with receivers. They know how to work receivers and put put them in the right situations to be successful. So Puka really is not shouldn't be a shock because, you know, once they drafted him, they knew exactly how they're going to use him, right, in a way, and then they're going to make sure he's successful, and he was. So that's that, I can trust that organization in terms of how they use that position type, which is the, right. which is the receiver position type. Right. Another organization that you may trust with a position type um, is like the the Ravens. The Ravens love running backs. 
right? They right. they love to run the ball. So if you they draft a running back, you might want to say, oh, let me look at that running back because they are that team likes running backs a lot. Um, how are they going to use him? Even the Seahawks like running backs, right? It hasn't been perfect this year because our O line is not great, <laughs> you know, in terms of like the run the run block, but they come they're committed to it, right? Yeah. And you've seen what um which we call it Walker has been able to do this year. He's been amazing this year overall. But getting Zach Chabonet into the mix is the next is the next level. But they like running backs. They like they want to run first, then throw the ball. Right. So teams like that, you're gonna think about like okay, position type running backs. Here are the teams that really like running backs, right? So having that information out in front of you. So um those are my two big ones for in terms of draft philosophy. Um, is are they going into a good situation? And but depending on and then also looking at the teams and what position groups they really thrive with in terms of development. Yeah, that's that's smart. And I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people look at situation. Um, I do think that people sometimes will struggle with looking at historical data of, OK, what position groups are are good fits for certain teams you know what what teams do well with wide receivers what teams do well with running backs and and sometimes that's that's tricky too i you know you look at you look at running backs and like justice hill a few years ago felt like a good pick and you know he kind of bottomed out um with the ravens but but then came back to some relevance this year again you know they don't necessarily fall off the face of the earth but they they do um they do use a lot of running backs. So sometimes that, that helps. And, you know, and you look at the, the folks in Pittsburgh with wide receivers, you know, they're, if it's a Pittsburgh drafted wide receiver, I'm probably willing to take a shot. Um, And, you know, green Bay's looked pretty good with their wide receivers recently. So, so I think there's some value looking at those types of things. Um, The Rams, again, I like that a lot. You look at Robert Woods, you look at um, Brandon Cooks, which I guess he's good on every team he goes to. So that's really not fair. Um, but but Robert Woods was a kind of middling talent in Buffalo. And then the Rams kind of took him and made him something special um, for at least a year or two there. You know, and it, it, yeah. I, I guess the the Rams had one failure last year, um, Rob with Robinson, Allen Robinson. But you know, you look at what he did this year. I mean, and he was really absent, right? <laughs> he didn't mm-hmm. do much either. So it's not like another team could do better. And guess what team that was? Pittsburgh, right? So, um, so that's saying something that you know maybe that's an Allen Robinson issue, not a team issue. Pittsburgh is trash. <laughs> yeah well i don't know about you but um that wide receiver over there just put me into the into the uh, finals in one of my leagues so pretty happy about that happy for you i hope next week he get he gets destroyed That's, or this week that is really rude george george pickens better not um i will say my uh top 12 george pickens is not looking good <laughs> He's he's twenty eight. <laughs> Look, I just I just hope he I just hope that the team that that he plays against uh sits him down. Let me say that. That's so rude. Why are you rooting against me, man? I'm not rooting against you. Oh, Seattle. 
<laughs> Man, come on. All right. So you talked about your dress philosophy. I've got a couple takes as well. I look at three things. Like when I'm looking at rookies, if you're not doing this as a pro, and let's be honest, Dr. Chib and I are not pros, even though we've got a podcast. Um, you know, I would I would call us semi pros, right? Is that a good good terminology for us? Um I'm a tad pro. I'm a tad pro. <laughs> you're a tad pro. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So in a semi pro world, you know, if you're if you're not trying, if you've got a life outside of fantasy football, and this that's what this podcast that's who this podcast is for, right? Um, people who have lives they can't spend their whole life looking at data and everything and you want to still make some rankings for yourself i find it's pretty easy and and pretty quick relatively to utilize three stats talent draft capital and opportunity though that's what it comes down to that that's my triangle and if you can narrow it down to that, you can basically figure out what bucket each player is going to fit into. Because, you know, you don't you can do one to five in each category. You can do one to ten if you want to further separate them out. But that doesn't really matter. It just helps you kind of gauge where they're at. So talent is the subjective portion, of course. But I like to look at things that are meaningful to NFL teams. I like to look at, you know, with running backs, vision is a big, important one. Um, contact balance. Those two are kind of your biggies. And then, and honestly, running backs are generally speaking, not that hard to figure out. So you can kind of go with the order that they were drafted in, in a lot of ways, um, at least at the top tier. You know, the the first round, second round running backs tend to be really good. You know, you don't have a lot of flops in those areas. And um, I know Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Rashad Penny are kind of two big names, but they're they're famous because they they're one of the few that have failed in those areas. Right. Um you look at Jonathan Taylor and, you know, Breesaw, Bijan Robinson, you know, J- Jameer Gibbs, you know, like Travis Etienne, you know, even though he kind of had a slow start, you know, all of these players end up being good, right? So um, running backs, draft capital, pretty easy to tell off of, you know, where they get drafted, you know, as far as what their, what their um, talent is. If they don't get drafted at running back, they're probably not that great you know, and unless if opportunity comes around, right. You look at Austin Eckler as an example of opportunity coming around and sticking around draft capital is good to look at that kind of lends you some longevity. How long is this person going to stick in the league? Is there um, an investment from the team, from the league in this player, even a player that is a first round pick and absolutely burns out with his first team within the first year. He's going to be back at another team real soon. Um, mm. Just too talented. You look at somebody like John Ross, basically didn't play more than one game in his first two, three seasons, and he's still getting jobs. Right. So um, draft capital, really important. Um, 
you know, and, and sometimes they don't show up in those, in those times. But what's important is I could trade John Ross three years in, right? I could still get some value for him. And that's important. You know, even though you don't believe in him, somebody might, somebody might be like, oh, well, that really fast wide receiver, he's got to be good. You know, I play Madden with him all the time and I beat, I beat the snot out of the computer. You know, so maybe maybe we can bank on some of that in real life. Then finally, opportunity. I do think, similar to what Chip said, opportunity is king in a lot of categories, and it's big in current uh, current utility. You know, what are what is the player going to do for me this year? Um, you look at JSN, right? We, you and I were just talking about this, Dr. Chip before the podcast JSN last year didn't look like he had an opportunity to be a starting wide receiver for Seattle. And what did we see this year? We saw him not have an opportunity, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't talented. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to have good years to come. It just means that, Hey, if you needed him this past year, you probably shouldn't have drafted him because you probably you probably should have drafted Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers or you know one of those players that very clearly had opportunities in front of him. Um, you know we saw that. You know you look at Quentin Johnston didn't have opportunity now has opportunity. He's doing something with it, right? He's not blowing us out of the water, but he's doing something with it. So opportunity matters especially if you're in win now so i and i would take them in that order right this talent unfortunately is the top one but it's also subjective draft capital kind of comes after that for me and then and then i would say opportunity third they they still they still are all three important but if you had to weight them that's the weight that i'd give them so no, i like that so like i like what you said there um and I know it's the talent, the talent part is tough, but I think you did a good job explaining the metrics that you may use for talent, right? They need to translate to the NFL, right? Just because you're really fast does not mean it's going to translate to the NFL to do something. Like look at Thornton on the Patriots, right? Fastest 40, 40 yard dash, what is he doing? Nothing, right? right? So there's levels to it. So think about the metrics that you're going to choose. And I and I also, I guess I will say simplify it. Don't make it too complicated, right? Because um, we don't have time for all that, right? Right. Right. Running exactly. back, they got good vision, they got good balance, you know, and they pick their legs up. Like if that's how if that's your talent metric, use that, see who's meeting those metrics the highest and go from there. So I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give one bonus thing, just a little funny bonus thing. Find the analyst. Okay, no, let me take that back. Look at the rookies who surprised us this year in terms of like how they performed, like they performed better than expected. And find the people who spoke highly of them when no one else did. Then maybe you should listen to what they're saying as well to see um, what insights they may have. Because Puka, sorry, Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Okay, Puka Nakua. I know Steve Smith Sr., he said there's no reason teams didn't know how good he was going to be. Right? And he said that there's a laziness when it comes to draft projections. Right. And he said, people are putting the work that they're supposed to put in. So I would listen to him to see who he thinks is putting in the work 
right? And then use and see what they're saying in terms of like the people that you you might want to draft. So just as a thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good good thought for sure. And and hopefully that's us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of people that put in a lot of hours into uh you know drafting and or mock drafting and tape what i mean most importantly watching tape um i've i've done some of that in past years with mixed results you know probably the best results would be in the uh running back category with with some good swings and hits and some good swings and misses um, you know, I, I'd, I'd call, uh, James Connor back in the day. He was my first ever, um, first ever blurb that I wrote for fantasy football purposes. And, uh, I wrote a blurb about James Connor and how awesome he was going to be in the NFL and, you know, look at him six, seven years at, later and he's still here. Um, I, I think he's injured right now, but you know, he's still having a decent career and, he's a contact vision guy you know he's a downhill runner doesn't have much style not much finesse but he learned how to catch the ball in the nfl and he kind of ran away with things um in pittsburgh and then in arizona so you know it doesn't it doesn't take a a, a genius to to figure out some of the stuff it's you know again keep it simple you can always play you i, I I was talking to my wife who plays fantasy football with me and I I told her you can always put in more work when it comes to fantasy football. You like, no matter what you could like day of, you can look at, Oh my gosh, it's going to rain. I should play the running back. Not the, not the wide receiver. You can say, okay, well, I know this cornerback's really good and my wide receivers going to go up against him, and he shadows you know, the best guy on the other team or, or he doesn't shadow, he only plays the left side. So maybe they're going to play my guy on the right side and he'll never see him. You know, it's, you can think through all those factors. And at the end of the day, somebody gets injured and the whole game is different, right? Or, or a coach gets pissed at a, you know, a cornerback and sits him for the Super Bowl. You know, you never know. <laughs> That's a fact. That's true. So, <laughs> Russell, <laughs> that's sad. But all right, I mean, we got we got some stuff to think about. Um, I'm excited for the draft. I definitely know. I guess maybe one thing we can do is put our top ten together and see if they match at some point. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. I know, well, we can do it. I guess we can do it prior to um, they actually get drafted, right? So it's a pre-draft situation, and we go from there. All right, so let's go to our next segment, which is start of the week. I am not looking forward to this segment. This is a great segment. That's we should do this segment. every week, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so go ahead. Last week, Doctor Chip lost. Right, it's a very rare situation. We know. All right, and honestly, I don't know if I lost or if every situation was just a blessing to Alex. My downfall was his blessing. Right, my kicker hurts their hamstrings, so I have no kicker. How does this happen? My defense was doing amazing, and then they let up twenty-two points out of nowhere. How does this happen? All right, my uh, who's my receiver? JSN was doing great, and then he gets a bad hit. How does this happen? 
And then um, Charbonnet couldn't finish a one-yard touchdown run. I was pissed. Like, how does this happen? My quarterback, Gino, was great. So, um, he, he said it was okay, but I thought he was pretty good. So, anyway, yeah. that's – that's it's not your it's not your metric that you're using. It's the sleeper metric, so you're fine. So, yeah. but – Anyway, it was a and it was a bad time. You didn't you didn't even say Dalton Kincaid, who was also. Oh bad. my god! I I was watching the game. I was like, is is he out there? Is Dalton out there today? Is he on the injury list? What's going on? Where is he? He was nowhere to be seen. Right? You know, and I'm like, gosh. It, well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's been the last three weeks or so, and and the issue is not Kincaid. It's not Josh Allen necessarily. I mean, you could call it James Cook, too, but the issue more so is actually Dawson Knox. He's back, you know, so when when Dalton Kincaid was looking super good, Dawson Knox was on IR. So now he's back. They're sharing time. It's going to be hard. We said it last week, too. Yeah. Dawson Knox did pretty good. You Um, you called Dawson Knox going to do really good, didn't you? No, 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 no. I called something different, but that's that's coming up. You want you want me to do my guys and he went crazy. Yeah, Nick Mullins, Detroit. He was okay. Um, I had one. I had one league that he had twenty seven points in. He had four. He had over four hundred yards. Guess what else he had? Four interceptions. <laughs> so, but still, for fantasy, he threw so much that he was okay. He actually scored more points in our league than Gino. Running back Damn. Ezekiel Elliott. This I'm I'm so happy I made this pick versus Denver. He was good. Doctor Shippey yeah, made that pissed. pick. I was watching it. I was pissed. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> he's been doing good, man. He's been doing real good. All right. Uh, when he is, looped over that guy, I was like, damn, damn, Zeke. This was the big call. This I was so hyped for this. I was cheering when this happened. Gabe Babe Davis versus Los Angeles Chargers. He was great. Oh, yeah. That's who that's who it was. Yeah, he was going crazy. I was pissed. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. That I like that. <laughs> I was like, why do you keep throwing him the ball? Where's Dalton? <laughs> yeah, I, I told you. Gabe Davis has been silent too long. They've like gotten everybody else going with this new regime on offense. And, and, you know, I think it's Babe Davis time. So he showed up, uh, Darren Waller versus Philadelphia is not great. You know, that was unfortunate. Um, you know, I was trying to get some of the uh, Italian magic there, but nope, none, none to be had Houston versus Cleveland. They were okay. They they got there's um they gave up the most yards to a single wide receiver from Cleveland ever, right? Uh, Amari Cooper single handedly put multiple people in the playoffs, or you know, for one step further in the playoffs. I think everybody with Amari Cooper won their matchup. Let's be honest. Yeah. Guess. Guess who my wife has on her team? Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper. Uh, made up for uh, Dalton Kid K in a little bit, and then some. Jason Myers versus Tennessee, he was good. So, so uh, yeah, I won with three points. 
Uh, Dr. Chib, I think, had a uh, all-time low at negative seven. Not a single player in good or great. So, yeah. Hey. Historical. I can only, I can only go up from here. You, you can. You can also go down. We can we can no, have new historical records. Um, no, I'm not here to break the record. I'm here to break some positive records. Uh, okay. Well, and this week, y'all, I was bold. I'm I'm bold. I'm bold every week. But I was bold this week, and y'all gonna hear about it. All right. So my quarterback, golf versus the Dallas Cowboys. I know I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But hey, we gotta go hard to go home. My running back, Zach Charbonnet. I know I pick him like every week. He's got he's got to click one of these weeks. I'm looking at the <laughs> law of averages. One of these weeks got to work, right? Oh and gosh. so, my receiver, I pick Lockett. I know as well, but I just feel like he's gonna find holes in the Steelers um Steelers defense. And I'm hoping that that's gonna translate. Uh, and he's been a little quiet um as well, so I'm hoping that's gonna start is gonna start clicking for him. I feel right, like my... I feel like you just keep betting on. Kenneth Walker injuries. That that's what that is. You no, because Kenneth, a- you want Kenneth Walker out and you want JSN out. No, absolutely not. That's that's evil. Why would you say that? <laughs> right. So my tight end, I pick. Uh, who did I pick a tight end? Gerald I pick Everett. I picked Gerald Everett. That's gonna be an interesting one. That was a bold choice there. And then my defense. No, my kicker. My kicker. I picked Brandon McManus. Right. Then defense, I picked. Wait, wait. I don't know who I picked. Who did I pick? Dodgers. Chargers Ooh. against Denver. Ooh, that's a tough pick. Yeah, that's real bold. All right, yeah. I don't know if I like it when I when I hear it out loud, but we're gonna <laughs> live with it. We're gonna live with it, y'all. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Quarterback, I gotta start him somewhere real because I'm loving what I'm seeing. Except I'm not in the playoffs. Uh, right. Jordan Love. Versus Minnesota, pun intended. Um, running back Kareem Hunt versus the Giant or the Jets. They're they're like the same team, right? They're they both play in New Jersey. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kareem Hunt for Cleveland. He's he's looking great. Um, he he's been, you know, middling. I would say right now, and and I think they're gonna say say something next week in that they're going to go into this game against the Jets, be like, we don't really have to do much. Amari Cooper just went off last week. We don't need to throw the ball much, and we're just going to have Kareem Hunt run the ball, and that's what's going to happen. I'm doing a little pairing here for double trouble. Um, wide receiver Romeo, Romeo Dobbs versus Minnesota, so I'm I'm doubling down on Romeo Dobbs catching passes from Jordan Love here. Uh, tight end, Kyle Pitts, Chicago. Um, wow, I am just all in on Atlanta in the end here. Oh, my gosh, this is a problem. This is a really, really bad problem. This is a big problem Good I've problem. got right here. Um, Kyle Pitts versus Chicago, Atlanta defense versus Chicago, and the kicker, Young Hoku versus Chicago. Dang. <laughs> I didn't even notice that until now. I don't know that that's a good idea. Hey, you can't change it. You already said it. Listen, all I know is that that's a tough situation. <laughs> I, don't, the, the I do not trust Chicago, Atlanta at Chicago's all. Chicago's looking better now. Look. Oh man. I don't I don't trust Atlanta in the least. This is bad. Who's I looking for? 
I need I need to pick up a quarterback for this week because I do not have one. Uh, I think I need. Let me see who's available. Is Tyrod Taylor available? Nah. Dude, all I know is I just looked at what picks I've got in our league, and I've got the fifth. I've got the one hundred five. So I'm I'm decently happy. I'm shopping. I I gotta I gotta see uh, who's gonna fall there. Honestly, I I think what I'm what I'm hoping will happen is that they'll they'll form a cluster of about five wide receivers that I just need to choose between. You know, I'll just let whoever everybody else doesn't pick, I'll pick them. Or better yet, I'll get the best rookie running back and just like wait for them to fall to me. How's that sound? That works. Yeah. That was real nice. I like that. All right. Um what do you think? Should we close this out? We'll we'll have we've got two more weeks of our of our starts of the week. So I'm one game back. And what that means is that I'm gonna win. I've got I've got to basically win out, right? So I'm gonna do that next week. I'm gonna beat Dr. Chib. We'll be eight point five <laughs> to eight point five. Um, week 18, I'm, I'm actually a little bit excited for week 18. Not that it's going to be helpful for people, but like, that's a, that's the freaking wild west, you know, who knows who's going to be starting. We're going to get, I think we're going to get a lot of new blood that we'll be able to choose from. And, you know, we might have historical numbers in terms of best picks, or we might really suck. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm all I know is. I got to win one week and I'm done with you. That's it. One <laughs> week. This is the week. One week and you'll never have to hear from me again. Well, I win the le- I win the year. So one uh, week is all okay. I have to do. Okay. Yeah, and I deserve it. I mean, we've got we're, we're two episodes away for right? Isn't that true? This is yeah, this is 100. episode 48. Yeah, from 50, we're two episodes away, so that's what I said. Tune, tune in. Yeah. <laughs> 100. <laughs> 100 divided by two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's right. There you go. That's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly so, what I meant. So that's going to be a big uh, 50 episode. We'll have to do uh, do some crazy stuff. We'll have some crazy segments planned, hopefully, and uh, go out with a bang. Sounds good. So, all right, y'all. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Next week, we're talking something. We'll tell you when we do it. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. That's our weekly podcast, y'all. Choose happiness and spread love. Give them hell.